This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am sitting here with two superheroes in Eat Perform land, lead coach Becky Avara and uh, Wonderkind Carolyn Melee. Um, I, I don't. Can you be a Wonderkind as a as a female? I don't know. I don't know the answers to this. I just was watching Ted Lasso, and and they called the guy a Wonderkind. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess yes yes is fine. Uh, this is actually my third podcast today. Um, I did two with Susan that will be coming out this weekend, and they cover kind of a lot of aspects related to um, the holidays, how to approach the holidays, and we know that that's kind of a big uh, concern for a lot of people, right? Um, October is kind of this weird time. It's like, do I diet? Do I not diet? Um, and we walk you through whether or not it makes sense. Uh, I should also probably mention that I am Paul Nobles. I am the co-founder of Eat Reform. If you follow us on social media or you've listened to these podcasts, you can actually talk to a, a live coach. Unfortunately, not Becky or Carolyn. Um, by just going to eattoperform.com and they'll actually walk you through what your plan will look like. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give a few minutes to that. There's, there's, there's two big startups and I'm not going to mention who they are just because um, I, I, I just, I, that's just not how I operate. Right. Um, and it really bothers me that a lot of places make extreme claims, but then there's very little transparency. And if you look at, I think a lot of times we almost get penalized for how much transparency we have, right? Because, you know, we actually, I mean, we tell people how to set up an eat reform plan we walk them through reverse dieting. We walk them through cutting cycles, all these different things. Um, and other places, you know, will kind of make you give their info and they kind of make promises about what you're going to get from them, whether it be like weight loss pill related or whether it be, you know, some kind of astronomical claims related to like this new approach to dieting that's basically the same old approach that everyone's been using forever without any real answer to how to normalize calories. And so I was just thinking about that today, you know, like, like the ability, like when you look at, like, for instance, everyone on this call started talking to a coach in the beginning. And they could have asked that coach any question they wanted, right? Before they signed up. I'm pretty proud of that, you know, because I can tell you when we started that, we didn't know if it was possible or not. Because we knew, I mean, especially in the beginning. I mean, when we first started like talking to people through text messaging and, and messenger on Facebook, we would get, 900 messengers within an hour like no joke <laughs> um and it was 
Facebook just didn't have any real controls on Messenger at that point. And so we had to have like 15 to 20. I mean, it was a significant commitment for us, you know, to do that. Right. And um, eventually they did put in controls that made it a little bit easier because, I mean, literally it was just like it was just like taking a tsunami to the face every time we did it. Um, and then we would put out a post and then we would have to delete it because if we didn't delete it, we would literally be talking to everyone on Facebook within 20 minutes, you know? So it was, it was a pretty wild ride back in the day, but, um, the process sort of defined itself over time. Right. And I always think it's interesting because everybody talks about that, right? They, they say, you know, I want more transparency. Can't I just talk to a human being? You know, and I mean, uh, you know, Becky and I earlier today, we were kind of um, uh, walking through some of this stuff. And, you know, you have to talk to like an automated system before you ever talk to a real person. Then usually you are able to talk to a real person. And sometimes that's helpful, not always, right? Um, because those people don't typically know, right? The people that are talk to people through text or messenger with us, they are the coaches that have been here forever, you know, and they literally know every piece of what your program would be. So I just think that's kind of interesting, you know, um, and it once again, kind of reaffirms my thought process that this just cannot be done without human beings, right? It, it just has to be, there has to be some human connection along the way. So um, I just thought that was interesting, but so it looks like we do have a few questions. Carolyn, if you wanna kind of read those off. Yeah, there are a couple of questions about PR. So Jennifer's asking, I'm fairly new, started early August. I have more to lose and I'm super mentally panicking knowing I will be going into PR for months. I've worked hard for 18 months to lose 40 pounds. I'm mm. used to cal a calorie deficit and being hungry. It's my comfort level. Honestly, I'm scared. Looking for advice about mental preparation to likely see the increase on the scale and not eat in a deficit. So the thing about a deficit, right? So uh, I was actually able to see your file earlier, ironically, um, because uh, a coach brought it to my attention based on the, the conversations that you were having with them. And the problem that you run into is that you're getting signs that you're hitting a plateau pretty hard, right? Um, realistically, what you lost over the last three months is probably about half of what you should have lost, right? And, um, and I'm basing that on generalities, just so you know, um, and it, it makes sense that you would have come in in a deficit based on what you're seeing. But what I can tell you for a fact is that from where you are to where you want to go requires something completely different, right? And it may actually be, I mean, I saw what you said and what your end goal is. I don't love goals like that. I don't love goals that are, you know, 
50 pounds, you know, 70 pounds, things of this. Not, not that that was yours specifically. I was just kind of using that just to give people listening an example. Goals are much better when they're three to five pounds, right? Because I think mentally we can all go, you know, well, three to five pounds. I know that I can do three to five pounds, right? Um, for you, the three to five pound goals that we, we would have set for you over the last three months, um, you, you hit a few of them, right? Which was great, but you should have hit more of them. And what that tells us and what your coach is saying to you and what you're not going to change our mind, right? Um, is that we know that you need to reverse back to normal for a bit. Now, I did see that you have some timelines in place that are going to make all of this confusing and some, some goals related to, you know, um, pant size and things of this nature. These are what I refer to as threats to yourself, right? It's like, I'm going to do it. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. And more people fail doing that than ever succeed right? Because it sets up this thought process of, I mean, I know what you're saying. I, like, I, I suppose, I don't, I don't want to presume, but what I think is going on in your brain is that you need to be all in, right? And you need to have these extreme goals so that you reach them and that, you know, you'll, you'll then achieve what is going to make you happy right? That's the, the theory. The problem is, is that the more you sacrifice, the more you suffer, one, you might not get there, right? You're talking about what I consider to be almost like a wish goal, right? Where, where you're really kind of wishing you could get there. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not even sure your body is meant to be there, right? Um, you really don't know that until you kind of move things lower. But the way that you want to do it is not the way that that gets done, right? What you have to do is reestablish your metabolism to a point where you're ready for another calorie deficit. In terms of, of, of gaining weight, you're projecting um, and you're projecting probably wrongly, right? I mean, let's think about it. You know, you used to weigh 40 pounds heavier and now you don't. So if we then feed your performance and, and oh, by the way, I totally get that it's scary, right? Because, you know, you've worked really hard and you're probably playing some old tapes in your head that, well, I've lost this amount before and it's all come back, right? When you look at the pictures in each form, when you look in the group, when you look at, at the page, when you look on Instagram, the one thing I want you to focus on is how many people have been here three years? How many people have been here eight years, right? What you're seeing with those pictures is after the after, right? So is there a scenario where you kill yourself in the gym, where you bring calories to really a harmful level and you potentially reach that wish goal? Certainly some people do. And often they end up with a bad relationship with food. And the reality is, is they don't need to, 
right? You can reach virtually any goal that you want. But let's say that, you know, you kind of have your goal that you mentioned um, in your file. And then, you know, you lose, let's say, let's go ahead and say 20 pounds, right? Good PR cycle. Um, in that scenario, right? If, if you have like four to six pack abs, why would we go the rest of the way, right? Like for instance, you've been in a deficit for a really long time. Is it not possible that as your muscles start to fill up that you'll have better body composition? I mean, that's what happens to everyone, right? And, and what happens in the scenario where you have, you know, less is more, is that there's no end to that goal, right? There's kind of this meme um, of a person that like a stick figure, but, but it's kind of a stick figure that needs to lose weight. And then there's a stick figure that lost a lot of weight. And above the stick figure that lost a lot of weight, it, it said, oops, that wasn't it, right? And I, I think what you... Like you said, you know, you what you said is actually kind of dangerous in my view, right? You're saying I'm actually more comfortable in a deficit than I am eating normal, healthy food where I'm thriving, right? And you're saying I want to suffer more and harder to reach my goal when in fact, that is actually destructive for a lot of people. And, you know, I did talk about this in my podcast earlier with Susan, where one of the things that people talk about with Eat Perform, and it kind of frustrates me because, you know, we get people amazing results, you know, that last for years and years and years. But it's also something I care deeply about, right? If we put out a post, and we say, can you tell us about your eat form experience? 500 people all say eat form changed my relationship with food. And you're saying your coach is trying to coach you through that, that difficult part, right? Where, where you can't, the, you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know that if we get calories back to normal, you're going to go to the gym and continue to lose weight. That's very common, by the way, in your scenario right? That was very common in my scenario. When I had hundred pounds to lose, you know, I went from 255 to 180 and I never felt, you know, like it was going to be difficult to lose weight. But the difference between what, what you did and I did is I was eating 5,000 calories, right? I was working out a lot. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm honest about that, right? It wasn't like some magic, you know, but I don't think you know what you're capable of at this point. And what I think is interesting about what you're capable of is that right now you have kind of this outside thought process that, you know, hey, just make me suffer a little bit longer so I can reach this, this big goal, right? And what I'm saying is, is if you do it the way that your coach is is suggesting in the, in the way that ultimately 
you know, we just don't move people, you know, to a third cycle as an example. And why don't we? Because we've done it before. It just doesn't work, right? And what would work so much better, by the way, right, is actually just moving their calories to normal. And you say, well, I'm scared to gain weight. The gaining weight part, there's, there's two factors to that, right? Certainly, if all things are equal, you gain weight, right? That's just a scientific fact. But all things aren't equal in that scenario, right? Because as calories move up, now naturally throughout the day, you get out of the chair more, you are more inclined to go for a walk around the park, or you know, if you have pets, you're gonna be the one that's gonna walk the pet because you just have so much energy inside. When you go to the gym, instead of working out at 60%, you're working out at 100%. Now, instead of, of you know, dragging yourself to the gym five days a week, you know, barely feeling like you even want to go to the gym. Now you go to the gym four days a week at a hundred percent, right? Sleep goes from six hours to eight and a half, right? So it just changed like seven different things. And then when I look at most of the people that do gain a little weight more often than not it's just a little fluctuation and if you've lost so like in your instance right if you lost 40 pounds and you fluctuate up five that feels like a a perfectly fine you know like i i think everyone on the planet would make that trade right but you have like a you know i, I don't want to uh, let me think of a better way to say it you you just you just making an ultimatum to yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, how do ultimatums work, right? Is black or white, you know, either I pass or fail, you know? And I, I don't think you realize you're at risk to failure there, like greatly, right? And you're also at risk of, of not knowing what actually works. Not knowing, like for instance, one of the things that you're saying to me is that something else has the power. And what I'm saying to you is that you have the power, right? And lastly, it, you know, I don't know if she's had any, you know, responses back or, or not, and we can address that later. But the last thing I want to say is that effort matters, right? And I know people hate that, right? Because, because you know, you want this formula where the food's doing most of the work and, and things of this nature. When I look back at a lot of people who didn't reach these big goals, right? There's a few reasons why they did. One is effort, right? They, they just got to the point where, like for instance, when you bring back food, Right now, you're feeling like maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're, you know, I wrote, I wrote an article a few months back and I republished it just a few days ago about how there's a very acute relationship with depression and mental health and eating less, right? So, I mean, it's very possible that what you think will make you happy is actually right in front of you right now, right? 
that through brain chemistry, through lots of different factors, right? I mean, like activity has such a huge positive related to, um, you know, mental capability. So this is going to surprise you when I say this, but some people in your situation realize that wasn't the reason why they were unhappy. And, and, and don't get me wrong, right? Like, like when you were over-consuming and overweight, there was maybe some factors there related to unhappiness also, right? So you've done the good thing and you've started to work in that regard. But I did see your weight. There's no way that, you know, I mean, you're not unhealthy, right? Um, you're, you're not clinically obese. Um, you, you're just someone that wants to lose a little weight, right? And that's fine. But what I can tell you for fact is that some people in your situation, once the food comes back, they start to realize they don't want to put in the effort to go the rest of the way because when they start to feed themselves again, they realize they're doing just fine, you know? And that, I mean, like, Becky and Carolyn both shook their head because as a coach, there's nothing more gratifying than that. You know, we don't care if you have abs, right? We don't care what your pant size is. What we really care about is that you and the people around you end up with a healthy relationship with food as this goes by. But more importantly, we want you to love yourself, right? And I know that sounds like, oh gosh, this guy's really hokey, you know? But, but I mean, isn't that what we're all in this for? You know, I mean, it, it's not about the abs, right? It's not about the, you know, the Spartan races and stuff like that. I mean, like all those things are really cool. You know, I mean, like the pickleball, right? So if I could be the best pickleball guy, you know, in the world, awesome, right? If the food can help with that, that'd be great. But I can be happy without that, right? And, and I, think, I think it's an important question that you should examine right now, you know, you can, you can cancel eat to perform and you can move on and there's no shortage of people that will starve you on the internet, but I'm just going to guarantee you that you're going to run face first in, into a boulder, you know, and all we're asking, like, what's the rush, right? And, and I know what the rush is, right? You put these weird, weird goals, you know, that are ultimatums, right? I'm either going to pass or fail, right? More people fail doing that than anything else, you know? And, and, and I, get the, I get the want, right? I mean, like, you know, I, and oh, by the way, I'm telling you something that I kind of did, right? I 100% did exactly what I'm telling you not to do, right? And in that process, after losing all that weight, right, I was able to examine that I am not happy like this, you know, um, and I had to evaluate my relationship with food, my relationship with exercise, and that is what became Eat Perform, right? It's not the Paul loses 100 pounds part. That, that's, that's the simple story, 
you know, the much more gratifying story in my view is, is how I recaptured a better relationship with food, you know, and learned to use food as an ally. So I really hope you stay. I really do. Um, but you wouldn't be the first to leave, you know, and, and some people do have to do that, right? They have to, um, they have to run into the boulder. It's part of the process, you know, like uh, uh, I did, right? Um, uh, right before I lost 100, I lost 75, right? Um, but the 75, you know, my, my lesson after the 75 was actually, you know, very important to how I lost 100, right? Because I knew I can't do it that way. And the part where I, you know, brought energy back, right? And, and I said, you know what? I've never really tried being active, you know? Let me try that. And let me make sure that my baseline is 5,000 calories. And, and the reason why I did 5,000 calories is because I needed to, to prove to myself that I could fuel great activity, right? I was, in a, I was in a period where I sold a previous business and it was like a two-year period where I knew I could do pretty much anything that I wanted. And I, um, you know, it's, a, it's the same old thing, right? Man, if I just didn't have all this stuff, I would get healthy. Well, there I was sitting there in that moment going, am I, am I a person of my word? Am I a person that actually does the things he says he's going to do in those moments? And I did it, you know, and it changed my life and it's changed the lives, lives of millions of people, to be honest with you. Because when you guys see, you know, 12,000 people in the private groups and, and, and almost 20,000 people in the meal planning group now, um, what you don't see are the people that are kind of trying to do it on their own, right? And, and maybe they succeed, maybe they fail, but at the very least, they're open to the idea now that food could be an ally. So that's a long way to describe um, what your situation is. But I wanted to say that and I wanted to go in depth because I think there's a lot of eat the performers that are relatively new that feel what you feel. And I wanted to, to just acutely address all the pieces of that, right? And what I really, really want you to do, and I really hope for you, because, because this is a mistake I made. I, I, I took it too far, right? To the point where you know, my left eye was twitching all the time. And, and it, I, I, I had someone ask me if I, you know, if I had cancer, um, that people thought I was sick, you know, they didn't look at me and go, Hey, he's looking healthy. Right. Um, and, and I wasn't starving. Right. I mean, I, I had a, I had a period where it was a deficit and there was a, a few periods where, where the food was lower, but, but not even like lower, to even eat to perform levels, it was like 2,500. And the, the most my deficit was, was at 2,000 at one point. Um, so I was really, and, and like for three weeks, you know, <laughs> like, so it was, it was really, not, it was really a lot more about the, the working out and kind of building a deficit that way. And so it kind of, kind of had a lot of stress, 
you know, that was sort of unnecessary. And so when I brought the food back, it was just like obvious that that was, that was the path, right? So I hope that helps. I hope that's meaningful. And I really hope you stay with us because I, I, I guarantee you what you don't know is, is about to change. And she said she's considering lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, you know, once again, I think the only thing that you have wrong is your timeline. I think you can reach any goal you want, right? I think you can also not reach any goal you want because you go, you know what? Eh, I'm good. You know, and, and, and that's, that's fine. If you get to that point, you know, be happy that you're there. Most people don't get to that place. Right. So, all right, Carolyn. <laughs> I okay. love how I was like, this might be 15 minutes long and I have a 30 minute response. Uh, Jennifer also said, um, all of what you're saying makes sense. You hit the nail on the head many times. She was listening and thank you. Okay. Um, Lisa says, PR excites me and scares me at the same time. I want the performance gains, but remaining weight stable is also very important to me as I've worked so hard to lose the weight I put on over lockdown periods here. Looking for tips and tricks to maximize PR and keep the weight stable. Yeah, so the thing about weight stable is that you have to kind of factor in fluctuation. But the other thing that I didn't mention in my soliloquy to Jennifer um, is that is that what a lot of people do once they go into PR is they don't take it as serious as they do the fat loss. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we have a lot of people in PR, right? And, and many of them are doing great. But some of them do take their foot off the pedal and that's natural, right? I mean, like you've, you've, you've sacrificed, you've lost however many pounds you've lost. And now all of a sudden, you know, you know, you can kind of have some cheesecake, right? And now all of a sudden, instead of like all the good habits that you develop during fat loss, you start to lose some of those, right? And then once that happens, well, now all of a sudden, you know, I mean, the biggest myth in all of eating form and all of nutrition is that these macros made me gain weight. I'm going to call BS on that, right? Because we all know it's like, it's like the trip to Vegas. It's Nana's cream pie. It's, it's, you know, too much alcohol on girls night, right? And our brains are really, really awful in this regard, right? That you kind of had what you viewed as success, right? By sacrificing and suffering, kind of similar to what, what the discussion I was having earlier. Um, and then all of a sudden, when you're living life, right? Now, you know, you stop logging food for five to seven days, and we kind of wonder what went, went on in those five to seven days, right? Um, I don't want people to listen to this and go, well, he's saying I need to be as rigid in PR as I need to be in fat loss. Because I will admit, if you're more rigid in fat loss and you follow the plan, because the plan's really only six weeks, that it is better, right? Um, 
PR is not that way. But the problem with PR is that, like a great example would be Thanksgiving, right? So you're in AP or you're in, in PR and you have Thanksgiving. And now all of a sudden, it's Thanksgiving weekend, right? And it kind of becomes Thanksgiving week, you know? And, and now, you know, you're three months in and you're three pounds up and weight fluctuates to five, right? And once again, I mean, we're talking about scenarios where people are losing 20 to 30 pounds and then they have a three to five pound window. And here's the other thing that happens. That's so unfair to us, but mostly to you, right? Is people start fat loss at 195, right? Let's say male, female, doesn't matter. So 195. But they remembered that Tuesday they were 190, right? And so what happens is, is I started fat loss at 190. And you didn't. You started fat loss at 195. And I don't know why anyone on the planet achieving like great goals would ever shortcome, like, like not give themselves credit for the actual loss. Right. So, so they end up at 170 and they're like, I lost 20 pounds. It's like, no, you didn't. You lost 25 pounds. Right. And, and this becomes important because now all of a sudden, when we're losing three to five pounds or when, when weight's fluctuating three to five pounds, you know, because of, you know, like I said, maybe the effort's not there for those three weeks. Right. Maybe, you know, you're, maybe you, you sprained your ankle or something of this nature. You know, these are not excuses. These are reasons, right? And it feels to me like we confuse those two a lot. You know, I mean, if you lost 25 pounds and you sprain your ankle and your weight fluctuates three to five pounds, I mean, what do you think was going to happen, right? And that's that's fine. I th I think what it is, and I think I touched on it a little bit with the other discussion, right? Is that it's really our deadline that's messing with our heads, right? And I think also, I think if we're all really honest, you know, when you lose 20 pounds, right? And I don't know how much you lost. So if anybody's assuming that I'm talking about her specifically, I'm not. Um, but if you lost 20 pounds, you just feel different, right? I mean, I have a client right now who lost, I think only like six pounds, right? Pretty lean person. <laughs> she looks like she's lost 20 pounds, you know? She is a lot leaner, you know? So there's been a lot of recomp in that process, right? And let's be real, like, Body fat, whatever method it is, is just not there, you know? And so you want to have a guide, right? But there's just so many, there's just so many factors to all of it. Um, but am I going to, um, 
guarantee you that, you know, your weight might not fluctuate up. I'm telling you for fact that that is the most likely case. Does it happen where people, once food comes back, they just, you know, really start to change the way that, like, for instance, maybe they're doing a little bit more cardio. Now they move to a little bit more weightlifting. So because they move to a little bit more weightlifting and they're having more starches, their muscles start to pop a little bit more and they look a little bit better. So even if they are, are fluctuating three to five pounds, when they look in the mirror, you know, and, and, and your spouses are saying, oh my God, you know, what's happening to you, right? Um, that's why, right? And so there's all these, the, I believe that the scale is important. I believe that it's actually one of the most important things related to our health. And, and scientifically, in terms of weight management, there's no question that it is, right? Every study shows that people that weigh themselves daily do better than people that don't, right? Because they have some level of accountability. But the weight, the, the weight, even as important as it is, it doesn't tell the whole story, you know? And, and so you have to factor that in. But, you know, to answer your question specifically, you want to move away from more cardio stuff, unless of course that's what you do, that's what you love, that's what makes you whole, then keep doing that. But you're not going to get those muscles popping the way that somebody that doesn't do near as much cardio. I personally like a good mix of cardio, um, weightlifting, and a little bit of hit if that's kind of your thing. Cause it is kind of my thing, right? I like it. Um, and so, um, and, and, you know, let me make the case for, for doing something you like, you know, um, you know, I mean, obviously I can't shut up about pickleball. Um, but one of the things I like about pickleball is that I'm doing it for three hours and I'm kind of running around. I mean, my pickleball workouts are always more than any weightlifting or CrossFit, right? On my strain, on my whoop, always more. Now it's three hours. It should be more, you know, but, you know, it's not like a extreme activity because, you know, mostly if you don't know, you're playing doubles, you know? And so, you're not really running near as much as you would run like playing singles. Like for instance, I could play doubles for three hours. Now <laughs> I do walk like the oldest man on the planet after playing three hours. Um, and I have had to start to be smart about my recovery, but, um, but my weight is almost always down afterwards, right? Cause you're sweating, you're exerting a lot of energy. And so, I, I, I do need to be, if I was analyzing myself, what I would go is I need to add in more rest and I also need to add in a little bit more weightlifting because it's all consuming at the moment. And so um, a lot of my lifting routines, all the things that we tell you guys to do, right? I'm breaking all those rules right now. And you know what? You should break those rules. Because if you find something that you love, whether it's like paddle boarding, whether it's surfing, whether it's, you know, boogie boarding, whether it's, you know, hiking, you know, just ride that shit into the ground, you know, because it's so rare at our ages. You know, most, most people are similar to me. I'm 53. 
you know, we might see people in their forties or something of that nature. It's just so rare for us to just feel passionate about something, just to love it so much that you wake up wanting to do it. And then when you're done, you feel great about it and you can't, and you're looking forward to the next time. It's like coffee, right? Like, I don't know how you guys consume coffee, but I consume coffee in the morning. I have a certain amount of coffee and I have a time of day where I stop drinking that coffee. But when I hit the bed, I think, oh my God, I get to have coffee in the morning. You know, when you can have that in your life, that's a good thing, right? So I know that's once again, a long way to answer your question, but I hope that, I hope that does answer your question. But also, I, I just want to make the case that if your weight is fluctuating and your effort isn't 100% there, you know, maybe try and find something else that you like a little bit more than what you're doing then. Also, maybe that's okay, right? Maybe, 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 maybe part of the exercise for you is to like loosen your grip a bit, right? And, um, and so that might be part of the challenge here. All right. Carolyn, next question. Okay. Uh, Trey says he started in August and has been in PR since finally getting macros right or close to right. I was under eating before and not working out much at all. Too tired. After a couple weeks in PR, was able to start working out some. And now I'm starting to see more muscle, still round, but gaining muscle. I'm staying in PR until the beginning of the year when I will start fat loss. So I'm doing PR okay, and now I'm worried about fat loss, mostly about changing food to meet the new calories and macros. What do you recommend to prepare the pantry and fridge? Like, will my calories drop 10, 20% macros change? How, um, how much? Just trying to gauge what the difference, differences in meal planning will be. If you talk to your coach, um, they can walk you through it. It's not like a secret, right? Um, and, you know, it does it changes a little bit, but not that much. Right. Um, so just talk to your coach about it. Um, but it will scare the shit out. <laughs> just be honest with Like it, it, look, man, I mean, when you start, when you start working out with energy, it's addictive, you know, and, and you start to realize that you don't want to sacrifice, you know, um, I, I think it's fairly well known, you know, that I got, down to 150 pounds. I weigh 200 pounds now, right? Um, and when you look at my body, I mean, we're talking 35 pounds of muscle difference, right? Um, and I was like thrilled if, at time. I mean, like I even look back at those pictures now and like, man, wow, that, that was a crazy level of lean, you know? Um, and, and obviously a little bit, I walked through kind of the 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 problems that happen to get there right in the amount of sacrifice to get there but um this is actually something i changed my mind on um is it used to be people would ask me can i do pr for life right just build endless amounts of muscle and then you know never have to reduce my food and i was like yeah, I mean, scientifically you can, right? Um, it makes sense. I've changed my opinion on that. I've never seen that really work for anyone. 
I, I, you do have to manage your weight occasionally. And, um, and I'm not, you know, anybody that listens to this or knows me, it's not like I'm, you know, made this up on a Thursday night in October. I've been talking about this for the last five to six years. Um, early on, you know, we just didn't have enough people, but it, it, you know, at a certain point, there's two factors that come into play, right? More often than not, things get a little too loose. And so they have to kind of go back to normal. Um, the other thing that is also interesting, and it's actually interesting to me, like, like I don't think I'm going to do it this year, but I am kind of putting something on the calendar for 2023 um, is because I'll be 55. Um, and I view it in five, five year blocks. Right. And I mean, I think I've seen pictures of you in the group or whatever, but like you're doing fine. Right. You're not, we're not, we're not talking about obesity issues or anything like this. The other part that ha happens for people is that, you know, you kind of work out and you're an active person and you're lifting weights and things of this nature and you do the math and you go, okay, 15 pounds of fat goes away. You know, I'm, nine percent i'm gonna see a nice four pack you know and that's okay you know one of the things that one of the things that's actually disturbing me lately that's come up a lot is and there was a, a good example um allison baird um was the person and we put up a post and um it is a incredibly fit and trust me this does relate to your story um but it was an incredibly fit version of Allison Baird. And then we put a normal version of Allison Baird. And there was a person that took issue with that, right? She's like, you know, the woman in the original picture was fine. And I was like, I totally agree with you, right? But she had bigger goals. And, and I'm a big believer in the acceptance movement, right? But what I don't believe in is the idea that you have to call yourself fat as an example to accept who you are to love who you are things of this nature right like you know i whether whether it's good or bad right i know i know there's people that want to reclaim the word fat right that's fine that's not my fight i'd rather have people accept all versions of all people and I think that we all go farther that way, right? But you have every right to want to be fitter than you are now, right? And you have every right for that to be not related to, you know, a health issue, right? That's perfectly fine. And I think we've gone too far with the acceptance movement where we're now not accepting people for their own choices. Like this is a person, I mean, the, the, the woman who was saying it was, was um, saying now a lot of people are going to want to starve to look like her. And I was like, she is eating 2,800 calories a day. <laughs> right. Like, like I, I, I mean, things with the need to perform baffle people. Right. Cause they don't know how they work. Right. That's part of the issue. You know, but um, but I, I, I thought the original picture looked fine too, 
right? Um, I, I I had no no, but the but the but your choices get to be your choices, and if at a point you decide, hey, you know what, I'm a hundred. Did he freeze for everyone or is it just me? Yep, he's frozen. <laughs> he's frozen. Well, I mean. <laughs> so I don't know if my internet. You froze. Uh, you froze. froze for a second. Yeah, it seemed like. So I don't know if we, um, but I just think that, you know, as you kind of go through this process, you know, it does become intriguing to go, hmm. Let me try on 200 pounds for a uh, 200 pounds for a bit, you know, see what that would look like, you know, in the gym. And then, you know, you do a little three month cleanup and you're back to 185. All right, Carolyn, since the internet is okay. going well. <laughs> Lots of questions from Diane. Um, I started fat loss one at end of August and lost 15 pounds, moved to AP just before Canadian Thanksgiving, as I couldn't sustain the low macros. For some reason, I was not able to stick to the program for the first two to three weeks. Mindset was gone. I went into what I called a small free fall and naturally gained a few pounds. With a couple of increases in macros in AP, mindset is coming back and I'm now able to stick with the food and meal plan and exercise again. Is this normal? Should I expect this when I come out of fat loss too? I'm not ready to move out of AP yet. So I don't know that it's normal, right? I think what happens, so one, there's always a level of customization that you can do with your coach, right? And you have to kind of wonder, is my mind playing tricks on me? So take that with a grain of salt as I'm about to say what I'm about to say. The majority of people that fail at any form of dieting do so because they're not ready, right? Like what you're talking about is actually a well-planned out idea, right? Most people sign up for a diet program just had too much Halloween candy on Sunday and now make a rash decision, you know, and would be much better off making a more informed decision, right? Where they're planning things out. And that might not be great for diet companies, might not even be great for us, but it would be much more of a way for people to be successful. I still feel like most people don't know what they don't know. And it's helpful to know the things that we know, right? And so I think, you probably had some clue that fat loss too. I mean, you said you only were in it three weeks. Um, you probably had some clue that, that maybe, um, you know, you weren't feeling it. Right. And, uh, that's, that's normally what I see, you know, when I see someone coming out of AP, you know, they kind of like the AP, their mindset is back and, and things of this nature. What I think might've been better if you had told you that's your coach, maybe you didn't know that was an option, right? But if you had told that to your coach and you said, hey, look, I am gonna 
go through the holidays and then we'll do fat loss two on January 1st. That's an option, right? Um, and that's actually what the podcast that I did with Susan today walks people through. So I, I really think that, I don't think you should expect that. I think that that sort of sets up this level of failure. One thing that people don't know, I mean, at this point, I coach almost no one, right? But what people don't know about the people that I coach is that I really do push them to finish the cycles, right? But I also give them options within that, right? And so if I see someone coming out of AP and they're struggling, you know, I'm going to say, hey, look, this doesn't feel like the right time for fat loss too. Why don't we just stay weight stable? Why don't we keep pushing things a little bit? And then I look for a time frame, you know, that's kind of obvious, right? Um, in the in the near future. So I would say, if you're in that situation in the future, just factor that in, right? That that you um, and oh, by the way, you know, I mean, you can still do what I'm saying, right? I mean, she still has fat loss two to go. She's she's in AP. She was struggling there. She's still there. Yeah, yeah. So she she started fat loss two. Went to AP. No, no, no. Fat loss one. And then she's in AP struggling. Struggling with what part? When she first came out. So she was she was not able to stick to the low macros when she first because came coming out of, out of AP is I mean coming out of fat loss into AP is hard because you're starting to get a little bit of food back, but man, you're starving because you've been at the deficit for too long. And you know, we tell people all the time to make sure that they keep things tight. And it's hard. It hasn't been yeah. that long since I did it. And it's very hard. Well, yeah, you're not ready. Right. Like, like, you know, this is the problem that a lot of people have. And this has been the discussion this whole time. Right. Is that you look in the mirror and yeah, you might see one or two things, that, but, but then you flex a little and you're like, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. You know, and you, you're not ready in that regard, you know? I mean, look, God bless all these bodybuilders, you know, because so many of them are sacrificing so much. I mean, I know it is the obvious, you know, steroid users and things of this nature. And, you know, yeah, I don't want to get into the steroid discussion nor the bodybuilding discussion. But, but my point is, is that for most of us, we don't have the incentives the way that these other people do, right? I mean, if you're in a good relationship, good loving relationship, and and things are fine, you know, and and you have a good relationship with yourself, and and that is fine, and you go, I don't want to undereat. You have the right to do that, you know, and 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 I think that that's actually smart of you to do. And then hold off until you're ready, right? But um, it's also fine if if you decide that your goals change and you really don't want to do that, you know, for a long time. That's how I came up with the idea for the five year thing, right? And and oh by the way, after the five years, I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to want to do it because it's a level of sacrifice, right? And I like eating 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day, 
you know? And I mean, that's perfectly normal, you know? That what, what, what I think is we have like a societal thing right now where, you know, you can't enjoy food, only certain foods are good, these foods are bad, all these things that are, are really not setting us up for success. I mean, look, go to your family's holiday parties and count on your hand the amount of people that have a good relationship with food, right? You want to be the example, you know? And so not, you know, not being ready is, is a great example. I did, we did go in depth, by the way, um, with that and how people should, you know, view dieting, talk about dieting around the holidays with their family, things of this nature. And the answer, the short answer is don't do it. It's really bad, you know, on a lot of levels, you know, and I go in depth in that on the podcast with Susan. So, all right, well, hopefully the, well, we can leave now. So the internet doesn't freeze on me again. I hope that isn't like too much of a disruption for the podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the overriding message for, for all of this, you know, is that you get to be who you want to be in that moment, right? Most of the people, like what Diane's saying is actually really cool. You know, what she's saying is, is I don't want to sacrifice. I don't necessarily need to sacrifice. And so, you know, whether it's good or bad, she's not feeling that pressure from society, from, you know, the people that are always on a diet, things of this nature. And, and I think that the, that's an important stepping stone for all of us, right? It was for me, you know, I mean, I'm talking very confidently about all this stuff after working with tens of thousands of clients and, and doing it for 15 years. But, you know, if you think that Carolyn, myself, Becky, we don't have thoughts of, am I doing the right thing in this moment? You know, um, we do, that's normal, you know, but it is also healthy to go, okay, I've already made major changes in my life. I'm very active. I go to the doctor, blow them away all the time. Like what's all this for, right? And, and, and I would challenge everybody listening to this podcast to go, what's all this for? You know, is it just, is it just about being lower just because, because what you don't know, and, and, and I'll end on this note. I know I've already said I'll end, but um, going from 255 to 185 was a piece of cake. It was easy, right? I had a lot of weight to lose and I lost it. Going from 185 to 149 was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And I hope to never do that again. You know, it was a mistake in my eyes, right? It was too much sacrifice, too much suffering, and the juice was not worth the squeeze. And it hurt my relationship with food in that moment, right? It, it actually hurt more my relationship with exercise in that moment. Um, but, you know, coming out of that was really important and some lessons you do need to learn you know i i mean it's kind of funny because we were having that dis discussion earlier with jennifer and 
I am absolutely that person that needs to run into a brick wall a lot of the time. You know, luckily, as I've gotten older, you know, I've gotten a little bit smarter about it. So um, hopefully this is helpful. Honestly, I thought this is one of the best podcasts I've ever done, you know, um, but you guys might think he was just rambling on for an hour. Yeah, but I really, I really think that uh, you brought up some great topics that are really important because I think there's a lot of each performers that that think it's it's all about the people that are optimal, and I get it, right? Like, you know, we put out a picture of somebody with abs and it gets three gazillion likes, and we put out someone that's just healthy and has lost eighty pounds, and they get four likes, right? And I just want all of you to know that the majority of the people that do eat the reform are the four likes people, right? Not everybody wants to put in the level of effort, right? They don't have, you know, that need, you know, they don't need to scratch the itch of what optimal body composition looks like, right? And frankly, if you want to know the truth, you know, most of those people are pretty happy there, you know? That, that next level, that next 5% is really, really mentally taxing. And when you coach people that have those extreme goals, even, even people that, you know, are ultra marathoners or things of this nature, you know, they, they spend a lot of time wondering, is the juice worth the squeeze, you know? And, um, and that's why you got to absolutely love everything you do. Because if you don't, you know, you, you're just gonna, you're just gonna quit. Cause you know, like Steve Jobs said, you're sane. only a insane person continues on, right. When they're faced with all these obstacles, right. And that's why you have to really be passionate about the things that you're doing. So appreciate everybody being here. It is my, I'm, I'm mixing it up. It's my 26th anniversary. I am going tonight to have pasta, my wife will be having wine, right? All the things that I've talked about tonight, we are putting those into play tonight. So appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later.